I know ministers who have copied other ministers. I know ministers who have even hired acting coaches to help them to be a minister, to be more interesting, and to do presentations. One big-time TV minister, Kenneth Copeland, used to fly planes for Kenneth Hagin to his uh, preaching. And he heard Hagin preach, and Copeland had been in entertainment as a singer. And he said, well, I can do that. And by his own testimony, I've heard him give this testimony before, and he said that he got Kenneth Hagin's tapes and shut himself up in his garage for about two weeks and memorized Hagin's tapes and began preaching. That is not the way you go into the ministry. And yet you can become very famous. I mean, he was a performer and very famous, and huge numbers of people would go hear Kenneth Copeland. Uh, Marilyn Hickey said that her best friend, when she started out, said to her, you're the most boring teacher I've ever heard. And she got someone to help her, acting drama coach or drama teacher or something, to come and help her on her presentations. Well, one time Dallas Theological Seminary uh, wanted me to come help the young preacher boys. Shortly after I was born again, I tried to enroll at Dallas Seminary not to be a preacher. I just wanted to study the Bible. And they told me that they did not allow women to enroll as students. But they also saw on my application form that I had a doctorate in education. And they said that they would be happy to let me come to any of their classes if I would help their preacher boys in presentations because they said they were so bad at presenting material. Well, I went to some of the classes at Dallas Seminary. I don't remember learning anything spiritual, and I don't even remember helping anyone. But I remember going there. But the way God put me in the ministry is he caused me to be born again, first of all, to be born again by the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And one night I was reading a book. I had had an operation was staying at the home of my best friend and her husband. And they had quite a few books on religious subjects. And I picked up one of them and was reading it one night, and it was about sin. And God spoke to me by his Spirit. Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, sins? I thought they were mistakes. And I was born again. Well, then, see, you don't know you're not born again till, till after you're born again. <laughs> so that next day I was leaving their house, and I said, By the way, Donna, I don't think that I was born again until now. And she said, What? She said, Come back, come back. And, of course, I never dreamed she'd be interested even. She said, Joni, come back here. What did you just say? And I said, Well, I don't think I've been born again until now. And I told her what happened, and she just started crying. She was a Baptist and raised Baptist and very emotional. And anyway, I never even considered that anyone would care or be interested in this subject. So after I was born again, in the night I was taken into heaven, transported into heaven. I was with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. I saw no images, no physical images. It was strictly spiritual, but I knew it was God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. 
And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God. It was wonderful. A few nights later, I was asleep in the night, and the same thing happened to me a second time. I had no idea what this meant. I thought it happened to everyone who was a Christian. It never occurred to me that it didn't. One day I was having breakfast with a friend of mine. He's 10 years younger than I, and he had been a Catholic and had been born again. And he talked about being being a Christian all the time. And I used to think, well, everybody's a Christian, Bill, so what? Then I was born again, (laughs) and I understood Bill. Anyway, we were having breakfast one morning, and I said, Bill, this thing of being a Christian, you're right. This is great. And I said, I like that thing best that happens to you in the night. And he's eating his food, and he's sort of temperament like a St. Bernard puppy. And he was just gobbling his food. And uh, he said, what thing? He just kept eating. I said, well, I don't know what it's called. It's that thing when you're taken into heaven. And he stopped eating and looked at me. And I said, you're with God, and you're with... Jesus, and you're with the Holy Spirit, and at that time you're merged into the body of Jesus. I like that best. He said, what are you talking about? That was the first time I ever realized that didn't happen to everybody. I was reading a book later on the subject of Exodus, and the writer said something like, well, sometimes God will give you some kind of special experience when you're called into the ministry. It didn't take too many years before I realized that God had put me in the ministry. At that time, I owned a business in Dallas, American Indian Arts Business. And after I was taken into heaven twice, I didn't care anything about the business anymore. All I wanted to do was go to church, read the Bible, go to the prayer group, and be with Christians. That's all I wanted to do. God gave me some strong gifts of the Holy Spirit and taught me how to use them. And people began noticing me, and they would say, we know the hand of God is on you. It was really difficult for me because I'd been raised in the Church of Christ, not raised in it, but the the little bit of church experience I had before I was born again was in Church of Christ. And, of course, they taught that women could not speak in the church, uh, 1 Corinthians 14. After I realized I was called to be a minister, I said to God, well, what about 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul said, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted to them to speak. And I heard from God, look at what those women were doing. I went back to 1 Corinthians 14 and looked, and Paul said, it's not permitted to them for them to speak, but if they will learn anything Let them ask their husbands at home. And I felt what Paul was dealing with were women in the church who were out of control and asking questions. And God reminded me of uh, Philip the Evangelist, Acts chapter 21. He had four daughters who did prophesy. Prophecy is for the church, not for the world. Prophets are sent to the church. And they would have to speak in order to prophesy. So I felt this scripture had to mean something else. He showed me Deborah, who was a married woman 
and sat under the palm tree of Deborah, Judges chapter 4. And people from of the nation of Israel came to Deborah for her to judge them. He showed me examples of women doing these things. Of course, in the New Testament, we have the story of, is that Anna, the prophet who was at the temple and saw the baby Jesus? Wasn't that Anna? Anyway, God had to pull me through a lot to get me to be a minister. And then he gave me gifts of the Holy Spirit. He showed me that he had given me a gift of exhortation, and I had a gift of of wisdom, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. And that he used all the time with me when I would go to Bible study or prayer group. I was always being shown someone who had a stomach problem or they had this kind of problem. And I, I would call that out and they would come forward. But he, he brought me in that way to ministry. It was clear to everyone I, I was something. And most people thought I was a prophet. Most people would say, we, we think you're a prophet. Unknown to me, my pastor at that time, I'd never talked to him about being a minister, ever. I went there about four or five years to that church, and I'd never talked to him about I was called to be a minister. But I knew by then I was, after about the third or fourth year. But God showed me this. He took me through all the passages of the Old Testament about prophets, what they did, and the New Testament. And he taught me what prophets do. He taught me from the Bible what prophets do. Then one day I was driving down the street and God said to me, I have called you and set you in the body of Christ as an apostle. And I screamed out, apostle, what's that? Now at the church I was attending, they believed there were apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So I went to my Bible teacher and I didn't tell him that I'd heard from God. I didn't tell anybody I'd heard from God on this subject. But I went to my Bible teacher, and I said to him, who are the apostles at this church? Now, they believed there were apostles. They believed Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, 8 and 11 through 12. They believed that, and they taught this. When he, Jesus, ascended up on high after the crucifixion, He led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men, and he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. They taught that at the church I was attending. So I said to Don, Don, who are the apostles at this church? Because I'd never heard anybody say they were an apostle. And Don said, well, I don't know. So I said, well, what do they do? And he said, I don't know. So I had no human example to go by. And I turned to God and I said, you're going to have to teach me what an apostle does. And he did. (laughs) It's the best possible thing that could have happened to me because many people try to copy other people. But God taught me what they do. He taught me by taking me to Acts 15. And he showed me there was a problem in the church and the apostles and elders met to discuss the problem and to make a ruling on it. We can't do that today because of the way they've set the churches up today. But the one thing I recognize is apostles deal with church doctrine. I do all the time. Divorce, remarriage, homosexual, lesbian, 
the gathering of the church and what's supposed to happen in it. The Lord's Supper, how it is not crackers and grape juice, but it is partaking of the Word of God in a correct manner. I'm always dealing with church doctrine. That's what apostles do. I record it. I write it. It is presented for the individual church, not the other type of churches like in buildings, because I don't have any connection with them. I went to them for years, but I don't have any association at this point in time. And that, of course, would cause some people to leave me. But if you hear what I say, you'll know, and you're of God, you'll know it's of God, what I'm saying. So God had to teach me the two offices to which I felt I had been called, which are the offices of apostle prophet. With prophet, we have, oh, we have so many, many scriptures in the Old Testament. He took me to those scriptures and we went through every one of the prophets and what they do. And he taught me what they do. And basically, it's summarized in Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet was he preserved. God used prophets to help people get out of traps, and he used prophets to help them to stay out of traps. He sends messages to the church by prophets, warnings. We admonish the church to be careful in certain areas. We use a great deal of scripture. Of course, an apostle would just use huge amounts of scripture, and that's what you see me do. But to copy another minister, no. No, I never did that. I didn't copy any other human. And Paul tells us something that's very important. Let me look this up. Galatians chapter 1. Paul said in verse 10 through 12, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men... I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which I have preached is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I find so many ministers, they don't know which ministry office they are called to. You are either an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. There are no other ministries but apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. They say there are ministers of music. Well, they've added that to church. That is not in the Bible. And they call people vicars, and that's not in the Bible. And they call Catholics, call themselves popes and archbishops, and that's not in the Bible. The ministers of Jesus are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers. Many churches today teach there can be no, there are no apostles, that Paul was the last apostle. Now, this is really strange teaching because Paul wasn't even the last of the 12 apostles. If you look at Acts chapter 1, you will see that they were going to choose someone to replace Judas, and they drew lots between two men And the lot fell to Matthias, and he was the apostle chosen to replace Judas. At the time they were doing this, Paul was out persecuting the Christians. He wasn't even an apostle. 
Paul was appointed from heaven to be an apostle, just like it says in Ephesians chapter 4. On the road to Damascus, Paul, a bright light shined, and he heard a voice saying, Paul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he heard a voice say, No images, but a voice say, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Paul was called from God as one of those ministers in Ephesians 4. When Jesus ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles, multiple apostles, and some prophets, multiple prophets, and some evangelists, multiple evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, multiple pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ. Paul was one of the first of the New Testament apostles appointed by Jesus after the resurrection. There are many others that have been appointed since that time through the decades since Jesus was crucified. But they are appointed by he- from heaven by God as he wills in whichever form he wants to use to show them that they are ministers. But I've had so many ministers come across my path, many by email today, and want me to be their supervisor, their mentor. No, 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 no. If you are a minister of Jesus Christ, he is the one who calls you and he teaches you by his spirit what you are to do. They have different experiences from me. They weren't taken into heaven twice and merged into the body of Jesus, most likely. But they have some type of spiritual experience with God and with Jesus. It's not that they just decide they want to be a minister and go to a Bible college. I have seen so many of those. It is tragic. A very famous person that that happened to was the artist Vincent van Gogh. He wanted to be a minister. He wanted to help people. And they wouldn't even assign him to a place. He was so bad in theology. And then they finally assigned him to a place that nobody else wanted to go. It was a coal mining village. And he was just terrible as a minister. And then he decided to be a painter. Well, there are many terrible ministers. Many. And there are many ministers who teach things that are not in the Bible. And it's very hard to find a church to attend where you can find a pastor who really will teach the Bible. In most churches that I have tried to attend, they let divorced women remarry. They let men marry divorced women. They do all kinds of things contrary to Scripture. Now, Matthew chapter 5, verse 32 tells you that if the If the divorced woman remarries, she commits adultery. And the man who divorced the faithful wife is the cause of her adultery, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Well, they don't do that in the most churches. I've really never heard that taught in any church I've ever gone to. I've never heard anybody teach Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. Why? Well, it would offend people. I went to a uh, dinner at 
Texas Tech when I lived in Lubbock. The, I went to the university uh, to a museum dinner. They had me seated next to a man who was wearing the biggest cross I have ever seen. It must have been nine inches long, and they had me seated next to him. And he began immediately to talk to the people at the table, and he said he was former Baptist pastor at Indiana Street Baptist Church. And he said, oh, we have such a problem at the church. We just have such a problem. Well, everybody looked up wanting to know what the problem was. And he said, we have built onto our church three times, and we still don't have enough room to seat the people who want to come to church. And we just have such a problem because we don't have enough seats for the people who want to come. And I said to him, well, if you would teach what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. If you would teach this, you will have no trouble seating your people. Because in Matthew 5, verse 32, Jesus said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. If you would teach that at your church, About half the people will leave you, and you'll have no trouble seating them. And I got up and fled. I didn't stay for the luncheon. And what Jesus is saying is this. You men, if you divorce a faithful wife, and she goes out and remarries, she will commit adultery, but you will be the cause of her adultery, and whoever marries this divorced woman will commit adultery. I've never heard that taught at any church that I've attended. Well, it would be very unpopular, very unpopular, but that's what the Bible says. There are a great many scriptures about divorced women and that they should remain unmarried if they leave their husbands or yet yet be reconciled to their husband. Uh, That's in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 10 and 11. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled unto her husband. Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. 1 Corinthians 7, verse, I think it's 39. These all say the same thing. If the woman divorces and remarries, she shall be called an adulteress. They don't teach that. I've never heard that taught. Well, this is because we're at the end times and Antichrist has moved into the churches and they've fallen away from Bible. And they've set up their own doctrines. And that's exactly what it is. You can read about this in in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And you can also read about it in 1 John chapter 2, verse um, 18. John said there were already many antichrists in the church. And in his day... And Paul said to the elders at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, to the elders at Ephesus, he said he knew that as soon as he left, some would rise up and speak perverted things to draw away disciples to themselves. All of these denominations, how did we get them? Well, men had their own doctrines and they wanted to speak their doctrines and they set up churches and people attended them. But really, there's only one church. Ephesians 4 tells that. 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Why do we have all these denominations? Because individuals wanted to preach a certain doctrine that was not in the Bible, so they set up their own church so they could preach that doctrine. That's exactly what happened. 1 John chapter 2, verses 27-28 But the anointing which you have received of him, of God, abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him, and what he has taught you. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. So many people are going to be ashamed at the day of the Lord because they have taught things that are not of God. And they have changed scripture and they set up other doctrines. And so many Christians are going to be ashamed because they have followed these false doctrines. Jude tells us that in the last days, Many will come and set themselves up in the churches without having the Spirit of God. And he calls them mockers, copiers. They copy those that they think to be religious. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jude, verse 17. How that they told you there should be mockers, copiers, like a mockingbird copying other birds, copying other ministers, be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit. Peter also warned us about them. Second Peter chapter 2. Start at verse 1. But there were false teachers also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. There were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring unto themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words, words that they make up, they'll make merchandise of you. Verse 3, And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. So Peter warned us about them all through 2 Peter chapter 2. He talks about these They're wells without water. I mean, a well without water is of no value. These ministers get up there and they speak great swelling words which they have made up. And people just delight in them because they're very emotional and they stomp a lot and walk back and forth on the platform and wave their arms. And people get caught up in this stuff. But they are clouds without water. A cloud promises you water rain. You see the cloud and you say it's going to rain. But a cloud without water is of no value to you. And that's what they are. Well, there are many of them. In the last days, Jesus said many would come in his name saying that he is Christ and they would deceive many. In the last days, there would be much deception in churches. 
Uh, that's in uh, Matthew 24, verse um, approximately 4 and 5. There are so many people that put themselves into the ministry by going to a Bible school, by going to a seminary, or by just starting out with a tent on the road and calling themselves an evangelist. There are so many that do that. And they are not put into the ministry by God. Well, we shouldn't be surprised. Paul said this would happen. Peter said this would happen. Jude said this would happen. Jesus said this would happen in the last days. And it is happening in abundance. Let's close with 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Start with verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. When I was reading this in 1982, God said to me, the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are churches leaving the scriptures. That's the Antichrist movement. That's the apostasy that had to happen before Jesus could return. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And there are many Antichrist. Again, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. The Apostle John said, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. Even at the time John spoke to the church, there were many Antichrists. Now, John held the scripture together in the church. So the church had real doctrine. Today, since that time, perversion has come into so many churches and they don't hold the scriptures. They eliminate many of the scriptures. But at that time, they were holding the scriptures together. And John said they went out from us but they were not of us, for had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. There are many antichrists, and when there is a real church holding to the scriptures, especially on the subjects of divorce, remarriage, homosexual, lesbians, what the Bible teaches, when they teach those things, people leave them. And they set up denominations that approve sin in the congregation. And they get huge crowds because they approve sin in the congregation. And what God says will happen to them, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, start at verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. 
I've recorded quite a few things on the subject of trying to find a church to attend. I have a podcast on that subject that goes into more detail than I'm able to go into today. But I have recorded many things on this subject of problems in the churches, problems in the ministry. People without the Spirit of God who are preaching. People without the Spirit of God who are sitting there in the congregation. Don't fool yourself. Unless you have the Spirit of God, you can't understand things of God. We'll close with 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That person without the Spirit of God cannot understand things of God. You can quote a scripture to him, and if he believes the scripture and is born again, then he'll understand. I've had that happen many times. But unless he's born again by the Spirit of God and given the Spirit of God, he can't understand things of God. I was working with a woman recently, and she was having trouble in her marriage. I said to her, your husband is not born again. He can't understand things of God. I was quoting this scripture, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And I said, your husband cannot understand things of God because he's not born again, so bake him a chocolate pie. She burst out laughing. She understood exactly what I was saying. This is Joan Bonney speaking, and I thank you for allowing me to share with you today.